22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Holy fuck nuts, it's cold outside. If you're not on the eastern seaboard or the northeastern seaboard, holy shit, it is cold outside. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my testicles to drop back down again. <laughs> They're up where it's warm. <laughs> now I know how the Eskimos feel. <laughs> but I was about to say, if your testicles drop, doesn't that make that um, hernia? I don't know. Aren't they supposed to be dropped? <laughs> if yours know. haven't dropped yet, you might want to see a doctor. Oh, wait. We have an audience. Hey, guys. Welcome to another... He hasn't sin- hit puberty yet. Ah. Really? You're talking? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another scintillating episode. That's Mike's word. <laughs> of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. I am your host, The Cap, who has a wonderful mic, and you can't hear my peas. <laughs> Here with my tag team partners, Mike, the finance guy. You can't hear his peas, but we can see him peeing. <laughs> wow, okay. It's on your couch. Good luck with that. And Ralph the Tech. Our six claws. <laughs> Damn, you got that out early. Yeah, get it out. Get, get out the way. You know what's funny? It's a game now. It's like, okay, who can get six claws out first? I win. <laughs> yeah, but we got to do it like like relevant. Not just say six claws. Like trying to get it like in a part of the conversation. Into the conversation. It was actually it was really funny. Um, just hearing the the intro though, I, I'd forgotten that uh, <laughs> that Gigi was doing the intro still. So when it started up, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, wow, the cap's voice is really high on this new mic. <laughs> That's the magic of sound alteration. It's really high up and sounds extra sexy. Ah, <laughs> uh, shout out to G. <laughs> All right, so I mean, we've got a lot of things going on. We've got a little bit of time. I mean, it's the holiday season. It's been cold as hell, so it's a great time to watch a lot of. Um, pointless TV, not pointless, but like, you know, sci-fi TV and read comic books and just stay bundled up. It's a great time for that stuff. Yeah, because if it wasn't cold, we would never have done any of that. This is a freaking geek conversation podcast. Oh, it is a geek conversation podcast, but comma, let's get it straight. If it's 85 degrees outside, I'm going to the beach and we'll talk about it later as opposed to, damn, I don't want to go outside. What can I do? I can clean my house. Fuck clean my house. I'm going to read a comic book. <laughs> or watch Daredevil for the 13th time. <laughs> yeah, by accident, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I accidentally saw that. Well, at least it's not like, isn't it, at least it's not like, um, oh, what's the name of that freaking, we were just talking about it. Um, somebody put, puts um, that show, in, that, that movie in the background, and he said, oh, 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 no, it's the TV show, Twilight. Vampire Diaries. Oh, Vampire Diaries. I put Vampire Diaries in the background, just, you know, just for background noise. Right. Yeah, background noise, but you know everything about every character. <laughs> and what about this person? Yeah, okay. All right, so let's get right into the thick of things, boys. Um, do we have any quick news? I got news. <laughs> I got news. You make it sound like it's crack. You're like, I got news. I got news. Anybody <laughs> want news? Come on. Come on. First one's free. I'll take some news. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to call you by your new acronym name, MFG. MFG. Like the finance guy or motherfucking guy? I don't know. <laughs> MFG, could you please give us the quick news? All right. Um, everybody knows that Gotham is coming to Fox, right? Yeah. So that's going to be um, Gotham, as in Gotham City. That's going to be basically Fox's version of pre-Batman. Okay. So it'll be more Commissioner Gordon, things along that line. Um, but it's been announced just this week that there will be a regular cast member as a teenage Bruce Wayne. Interesting. And I don't know how I feel about it. And they I, haven't cast anybody yet. It's still, they're still doing it. But I thought they cast somebody. At least when or, or, I had or they that, just announced. They, right, just they, announced they, they announced that they were going to be casting. Yeah, at okay. least at that point um, when I picked up the news. But uh, I don't know how I feel about a teenage Bruce Wayne because that means that they're really going to be sculpting his backstory. And I'm 
And I really don't know if I really want to enjoy that. But you love Smallville. I, How could you not like I this? Enjoy Smallville. And it is true. I mean, because I, I don't consider Smallville part of the Superman mythos. And I won't, just like Green Arrow, I mean, the Arrow. I don't consider that part of the Green Arrow mythos. I mean, we know that they are drastically different. Well, they right. said, it says here, 10-year-old Bruce Wayne. Oh, is it going to be 10? Okay, I thought he was going to be a teenager. So 10-year-old, wow. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> hey, you can see little, what are you going to call him? Uh, that boy? I guess so. But maybe we'll find out why he has such an interest in little boys later on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I what the just, hell was that? I'm sorry, that was in the middle of them. And I bet you it's one of those things that no one else can hear but us, so they're probably like wondering, what the hell was what? Yep. <laughs> that, that was probably the ringing of the pedophile lights all lighting up right now with that. <laughs> the Eastern Seaboard grid just lit up again. <laughs> and it always seems to be by me. I don't <laughs> no, I, I've said a couple of things that people are like, oh, wow, really? Oh. <laughs> all right. What yeah. else we got? Um, Sony on the Friday the 23rd. Yeah, I can't talk. I'm starting to be capped. Yeah. Wow. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Go ahead, MFG. <laughs> uh, Sony announced on Friday the 13th, which is normally a bad luck day, I think this is some good sounding news anyhow, that they're going to expand their Spidey universe movie-wise. Really? Not, ta- not talking about just in the movie, movie-wise. They already have writers and director on board for a Venom movie. Venom. Okay, yeah. I was excited until there, but okay. keep going. But they have um, writers are going to be uh, Ed Solomon, Robert Ur- um, Orsi, and Alex Kurtman and probably going to be directed by Alex Kurtman. And from the Spider-Man preview um, trailer, the, the first one, as you saw the extra little, uh, like, you know, you saw Vulture's wings, Octopus's arms, stuff like that. Um, Sinister Six movie. What's it? A Sinister, oh, Sinister Six. Six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, and that they have a writer, Drew Goodard, and he might also direct it, but that's going on board. So they at least have those two movies greenlighted. Sony's definitely making sure that they're not letting go of this property at all. But, but yeah. if you notice that they're doing, again, the Avengers thing, I think they realize, wow, people actually like build up to a good movie. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've just been waiting for a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and also what was interesting is that um, in that first preview, I, I can't see it fast enough, but I've heard that there's actually something that says Venom on it. I don't really? know if it's a tube or something like that. So you figure that if that's the case, and that means in the movie itself, we have Rhino, we have Electro. And we have, um, well, he's the Green Goblin, I believe he's supposed to be. Yeah. Is Harry going to be the Green Goblin? Yep. Then you have the Vulture's wings and Dr. Octopus's wings. And if that's Venom, that's six right there. Okay. That's all six without introducing them, let's say, per se. But you figure three out of the six will actually be introduced in this and movie. And the Lizard's not anymore. Well, hopefully so. they just... No, the Lizard that. was never part of the six anyway. Yeah. So. And even though it's the movie universe and they might go a different direction, I definitely doubt yeah. that they'll do Lizard as part of the six. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Um, different news. Um, Brian Singer, I had mentioned that uh, he's talking about 2016 doing X-Men Apocalypse movie. Right. Um, I guess there was something that went over the Twitter thing, and I don't know what started it, but he had to clarify that uh, I guess there was a big thing going around uh, on Twitter saying that Apocalypse was going to be an alien. What? He clearly said that that's not the case. I don't know when that started, but... According to Brian Singer, he says, Apocalypse is not an alien. I'm like, it better fucking not be an alien. <laughs> you were about clarify, to go into Michael Bay territory. Apocalypse was the mutant that's in, buried in the pyramids, right? In Correct. My, right. It, well, in the TV show, he was buried in the pyramids. In the and, comics, in um, X-Factor, I think he came in to a ship. He came right. with a ship called Ship. I a think ship a, called Ship. Yeah, it was an intelligent <laughs> ship. Yeah. Um, and But we didn't get a sense of... I mean, they probably went in eventually, but we don't know if he did... I think we thought he came from space. Right. But then and then I they think, explained that he was one of the first mutants. Right. And I guess he had either been hovering around or if he was buried underneath the earth in the ship. I'm not sure. I don't remember it clearly enough. Yeah, I, we, have to go, we have to go back and research that again. But, but I definitely remember when they first introduced Apocalypse, 
you you thought it was that he was an alien coming down, and meanwhile they explained later on that he's actually a mutant. Right. Well, he was very clear about that because he kept saying that he wanted the strongest mutants to survive. That was his thing. He was he was weeding out even more of the weeding out of uh, of evolution. That was his point. Right. So so at least we know he's not going to be an alien in this movie. So that's good. Okay. No Michael Bayism. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Michael Bay has decided to make the Ninja Turtles. Aliens. Yeah, we've talked about that before. So, yeah, you know, angry about that. I, I, Have you seen the pictures from the set of of the people, I the ref- actors? I refuse. They're doing. Uh, you know how Avatar was made? How it was like it was on a sound stage and they're wearing like um, suits uh, with motion tracking right. stuff on them. Okay. So the turtles are doing that, but they're actually the actors are wearing these like motion tracking suits with the actual shells. So uh-huh. it looks like they're gonna three D everything afterwards. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Just so the actual actors, I'm sure like the fight scenes are probably going to be something else because the actors that are doing like the turtles, like, they don't seem like they have any martial arts history. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Why are two of the turtles chunky? <laughs> is, is, is oh, the, Eva Mendes is in this? Wow. Oh. The only thing fat on Eva Mendes is her ass, and I love that. <laughs> any, any other quick news, Mike? I, I was looking past her three chins, but I guess not. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to Troy. You know you love it. <laughs> um, two other quick ones. Not so much news, but uh, just to pick up on thing. Godzilla trailer came out on 1210. Saw that. Definitely see it. Yeah, you stopped me in the middle of my workout and telling me about that. It's I mean, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. He was fan. like, cap, cap, cap. And I'm thinking it's something important, you know. So I'm like, what? And he goes, Godzilla trailer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't be really? that's, that's not important? Come on. That guys. is really important, man. It's, important. I, it's Godzilla, guys. If I, I mean, was in Washington, I would have jumped right in front of the Senate and been like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, watch this Godzilla trailer. If you want to filibuster something, use Godzilla. Talk it's, about it's Godzilla. Not, be fine. It's not Godzilla. Oh, no. It's Godzilla. <laughs> and then right. along the same trailer line, um, there's a, an Amazing Spider-Man 2 yes. international trailer, international. That's released, which has more footage on it. A lot more um, going on in there. Definitely check it out. And now both of these trailers are available to be seen on the Facebook page of Meanwhile 22 Pages Later. Yes. So anyone that's already signed up and liked the page may have already gotten a little message when I posted those. Also, if you saw them, liked them. Give us a comment back and tell your friends. Look in on that page every now and then. We're going to try and put some more content up there. And also, you know, you got some time. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. Yeah, definitely. And, and Ralph has been kind enough to make sure that uh, the, I guess since what, 13 or 14, you've been putting the uh, podcast on the Meanwhile 22 pages, yeah. later, um, Facebook page. Yes. So, you know, you can even catch them there. Again, they're all free. So you don't have to have an eye device to be able to catch um, one of our great episodes. Exactly. You just need a device. And two ears. Yeah. <laughs> really? We're going to discriminate against people with I'm one not ear? discriminating. I'm just thinking about, about my coworker, Sam, who's got one good ear. Oh, well, he can't listen now? <laughs> well, I, I, if it's mono. If, if we've been recording this in mono, he only hears part of the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And we now apologize to all the handicapped <laughs> hearing impaired. I don't there. think one ear is handicapped. It's just, you know fucked up that's all it is do they do they get the little blue parking thing no they don't <laughs> okay i got one quick news for you go okay. ahead so lock and key yeah. alpha 2 is still on track to be released this wednesday yeah december i'm holding 8th, my breath december 18th well it's actually on itunes on their iBookstore, and it says it's funny it says expected release date december 18th but they already have pictures up so yeah, so that, they have pictures of the book, so they, they gotta be coming out with this thing. Uh, again, everybody, <gasps> <laughs> that's me holding my breath. No, fuck that. I died already. I've been holding my breath since when I when that last issue came out. I'm like, all right, 
All right, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm dead already. Yeah, it's going to be called Rusty Lock and Key pretty soon. They don't, <laughs> they don't come out with this damn last book. They're going to need some WD-40 to open that lock. Shout out to my cousin-in-law um, Abel, who who's been into Lock and Key but hasn't got his hands on it. So I'm going to send him some of my copies. Abel, find these books. This is Mike telling you to find those books. They are dirt cheap right now. Get so what if you have? So what if you have three kids? Exactly. Um, then get the kids the books for their Christmas present and then take them from them. <laughs> because it's too mature for them. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you this? You did, Daddy. Well, I made a mistake. Well, this, is a, this is a learning lesson about bad examples that your parents can say. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm taking them back. That's a whole other podcast. You know that, right? <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, um, let's bring up what we're here today for. Well, we're here for a couple of things. But the first thing we're going to cover is Marvel finally released an animated movie on DVD. It's been... A little while since they've released something yeah, significant. Actually, what was the last thing that they? I think it was that Lego. Oh no, wait, never mind. That was oh, you're talking about the, the Lego Marvel's that was, Heroes? That was DC. No, no, Marvel released one also really? with the Lego Heroes, but I mean, I, I, guess I didn't count that. I was thinking about something more like straight up animated from their studios, not based, but not not tag teaming with Lego. Oh, yeah, I can't think of the last one that they did. Wasn't one of the X Men movies? Yeah, I think it was that one. The one where uh, with Professor Xavier's son. It was like a TV movie or something. Are you thinking of the Japanese? Yeah. That, no, that's that's that was a Japanese television series. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That was Damn, that was just, animated. They just blend together for me, and it's like a blur. Yeah, I'm thinking that it may even have been the last like Hulk Wolverine or the Hulk Thor. No, there was one. There was one before that. But the bottom line is that um, Marvel hasn't come up with one in a while. And what's interesting is that DC puts them out. And DC, uh, one thing I'll say, I mean, say what you say what you want to, MFG. But <laughs> I'm going to really get that trending. MFG, now trending worldwide. Um, <laughs> Mike and I always talk about, you know, that they're always producing these um, animated movies. And they're, you know, they're all right. Or they, they, they bastardize the, um, the original storyline. But DC does a really good job. And Marvel oh, kind of, you know. You mean a good job of bastardizing their storyline? Because they do. <laughs> no, they're actually pretty good. It makes it palatable. Yes. The Doom. last one was Iron Man Rise of Technovore. Uh, that was the last one that they created. Oh, and I skipped I, I remember. That. That's the one I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, but going back to their non-bastardization of DC. So we're <laughs> going to talk about the Elite. We're going to talk about Doom. Elite was pretty okay. Doom was cool. Uh-huh. Um, we could talk about, I mean. Versus um, the actual stories I'm talking about. I mean, they, they really do hammer at their own work, and I don't understand Yeah, but some, but some of the stuff, you, you can't write the story the same way, like Under the Red Hood. You couldn't, you couldn't, um write the story as is because then you'd have to introduce Superboy Prime and you have to introduce well that was a crappy line but at the same time then they didn't have to you know do Under the Red Hood I mean they could have just in other words it's that they introduce it as if it's the story that you should know by using like you know like the title kind of like what they're doing with the X-Men Days of Future Past movie you're giving me a movie title to drag me in but then you're not going to give me the movie that that title represents. But, 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 but already because it's a movie, you already know that they're going to base it up. They're going to change certain things about it. And some things need to be changed. Eh, well, I mean, some things, like I said, they change them for um, simplicity of storytelling. Right. But but like Doom, for instance, there was no reason that they really had to just make that a baseline. It, it felt like an upscale version of um, a Super Friends cartoon, Legion of Doom. It really did. <laughs> you know, I mean, versus the actual story plot that it was from. Which was so much better told, I guess. But, but but the bottom line is that I feel like DC has done a better job at putting together their animated shorts or their animated movies than Marvel. Because right. I mean, Marvel they had Wolverine, Hulk, and then um, Hulk, Thor, and, and that was okay. But then Planet Hulk was kind of eh. Mm. Um, 
Young Young Avengers or New Avengers? Well, or young, the Young Avengers. Next Avengers. Next, that's how much I loved it. Well, there I was came Avengers, the Avengers it's, Two. Yeah, it's and then Ultimate, Ultimate Avengers. Ultimate Avengers. Uh, Ultimate Avengers Two. Right. The Ultimate Invin- Avengers was good. The Invincible Iron Man. Which garbage? Was, yeah. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. Garbage. That Shout was out. good. Thank you very much. Oh my god, I fell asleep four times. Go ahead, keep on. The next <laughs> Avengers, Heroes of Tomorrow. Then it's Hulk versus and it's Wolverine and Thor because it is a two thing. A combo set, right? Yeah. And then you got Planet Hulk. Then Thor, Tales of Asgard. That's right. Ah, uh, yes. And then Iron Man, Rise of the Technophore, Technovore, and Iron Man and Hulk, Heroes United. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Ooh. Iron Man. And the Hulk, Heroes United. Nice. All right, so it came out. Now I know I was excited. I don't know how about you guys felt, but I definitely was excited that Marvel was coming out with another animated. No, I was very excited that they were coming out with a new movie. Yeah, I mean the the commercials make it seem like it's a really good video. They do make it seem like that. <laughs> <laughs> and with our synopsis for the movie, here is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Ah, uh, quick synopsis. Not too much to go into. Um, you have the Hulk and Iron Man are teaming up. They're going to try and stop some kind of a Hydra made threat called Zax. The living dynamo for all those people that should know it from the comics from draining the earth's power grid accidentally hydra made hey we haven't gotten to that it's still hydra made okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole synopsis so it's just them trying to stop zax from draining the earth of its power all right um thoughts i'll tell you as an artist or somebody with an artist background i'm not too happy when they go for the whole computer animation um you know, thing when they go with going with computer animation as their genre, we're gonna go with this to animate our heroes. I just feel like it. I mean, for Green Lantern, I liked it. Yes, I did like it for Green Lantern. Talk about the TV show, the TV show Green Lantern. Yes, right. when they did the whole computer graphics for that animated series, DC, I think it made sense for that. I feel like for Iron Man and Hulk, it just didn't work well, as well. Well, it's different though because the Green Lantern TV show and Beware of the Batman are the same type of CGI. And like it or not, like I said, I liked it better in Batman, the way they did the shadowing. I think it worked a little bit better um, than in Green Lantern. But that's actually CGI of, of one way. The way they did it in this movie, is, and it was still CGI. I mean, there was definitely no hand-drawn animation. But it, what I had a problem with um, animation-wise was I, I hated the, um, the characters. They looked like a cheaper video game animated characters because I mean and, and they were there it's called like when they put a skin like a photoshop skin on top of a three-dimensional character in a video game yeah and therefore when you add like say lighting and shadowing to that skin it doesn't move no matter where the camera moves because it's not real lighting it's very that's flat. what this yeah. was yeah and I did not like it. I mean it worked on Iron Man it worked on anything that was a machine it sucked on um Zach's for instance and it also sucked on uh the Hulk skin the Hulk skin, well, that's another thing, too. The Hulk skin and, and all of them were oddly lit. This, if you notice, the Hulk was always brightly lit no matter what room he was in. It was as if sunlight was beaming right down on him. Yeah. And I don't know what effect they thought that that was going to give you, but um, it didn't work. But what was the, it was some other creature, and not the Wendigo, it was some other thing that they fought. Oh, it was the, um, the Abomination. The right. Hulk, uh, yeah. he also Because he also had this weird gamma lit glow, yeah. glow going, and it just it didn't work because no matter what angle he was at, it was just like scars on the face instead of like, you know, a glow. Yeah. So I, I really didn't like that. All right. Um, Ralph, what do you think? Me? I wasn't too much bothered by the animation of the look. I, sure, it was reminiscent of, of old video games. You know, like the cutscenes. Oh, scenes. very like old. Like Genesis. The cutscenes that they <laughs> show in the games. <laughs> I, I focused more on the story. And sure, 
the story. So, here so comes, we're going to go there. Here comes Ralph forgiving <laughs> things again. <laughs> the story wasn't you know, stick, 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 the best, <laughs> but it, it had its moments, and I found myself laughing at you know like when you really think buddy cop, you don't consider Iron Man and the Hulk, where you got an egotistical genius and a rage machine that just wants a little bit who's misunderstood wants some calm and just you know well, we can all understand that the hulk just wants a little bit of peace yeah he wants a peace <laughs> <laughs> but you, you wouldn't think you ah wouldn't the think cap it gets it <laughs> cap always gets it late but he gets it go ahead Rob. you wouldn't think it would work but like they have their funny moments because the hulk itself he's a, a sort of a funny character well know? i mean i do agree i mean i i thought their their chemistry of putting them together worked fine i I'm very tired of the um, joke, 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 Tony Stark. Like, I, I'm, I, it's really run its ground now. I mean, it's, I mean, he doesn't have to be dire and serious, but I mean, just at one point in the movie, you know, he's yelling at the Hulk, like, we've got to keep Zax away from this. We've got to keep Zax away from this, you know, this thing, da, 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 da. And then when the Hulk captures him and you're waiting for Tony to shoot him, he's like, oh, but I love that suit. And you're like, Really? This yeah. is right. not. This yeah. isn't funny. Like it, it's not working. You, it, it, what they're doing is, it's you're taking tension throughout the movie, not one time here and there. They're never letting you get any suspense and tension because they keep cracking these jokes. Perhaps they think we need to be entertained. You know. No, I'm. I, I'm I put my hand up because I'm like, you're absolutely right. Which is going to go into my other point, and I don't know if you guys made the same point. Once again, Marvel aiming for a, a, a younger audience once yeah. again mm-hmm. and it's and it but a lot of times when marvel would do things they would aim for their younger audience but it was on a level that even you know your older fans could watch i couldn't watch this um i mean i could watch it it was okay but well, i'm trying to think of, of, of a level b- below okay like it was right. eh, because um the dialogue seemed very like it was kid it was kid stuff right it was kind of like Agents of Smash. Right. Yeah. It, it felt that way. The dialogue and how they kept joking around. Now I do like the buddy cop thing, but then you got to show some kind of seriousness. There's got to be a break in the humor. It's right. got to be a break. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't work. It's just humor. Because like, yeah, otherwise I do agree with Rob. And then the whole Wendigo Cemetery scene was just to show how like they they finally bonded. Yeah, like they go yeah. together. Because spoiler alert, there's a scene where the Hulk. Um, his eyes aren't working. Right. So Tony is acting as his eyes, and right. Tony's suit isn't working. And so I didn't even mind that. I, I actually like that as that a actually concept. Actually, was better. Yeah. And I mean, granted, the whole Wendigo scene. I mean, it's literally out of place in this movie. Yeah, it's like, just it's just no, to show at that. No point, right. At no point are the Wendigo ever mentioned. They just land in a graveyard, and they're suddenly attacked by Wendigo out of nowhere. Well, the, when uh, <laughs> when Abomination is delivering the Hulk, the the, the Wendigos see, are there. You yeah. see the Wendigos, and Abomination's like, wow, this place really needs a dog catcher. Right. That's true. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, I like I said, if it wasn't for the jokiness, I liked the scene. I thought the the fight scene actually went really well. Yeah. You know, I liked the the orchestration of it. But uh, to that, your left, yeah, to it, your right, big uppercut. uppercut. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I said, it's. I, I don't understand with this idea of when uh, you know, even like the cat pointed out, it is true that they're aiming it more for kids. It's like yeah, but we were kids when we watched movies. I mean, granted, they didn't have these caliber, but the point was they didn't dumb down necessarily for us i mean you know because the kids they're aiming for they're not aiming for four-year-olds you know they're aiming for what 10 12 and up 10 to, 10 to 16 yeah you know in that range and i'm like well 10 to 16 unless something happened to our society they should be able to watch a movie that has a 
pseudo serious well, tone to it. In other words, like a, a tone of a drama without being boring or whatever. You know, I mean, you should be able to watch that and go and leave there going, those characters rocked. You well, know, something has happened to our society, and most of the kids nowadays aren't at that level. No, it's well, sad but true. It seems also, like. a lot of our kids in in our in our gener- in our generation, you know, in, in the current generation, in the current generation. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in the current generation, seem to love sarcasm so much and sarcasm is a great tool just like any kind of spice in cooking when used moderately right when used really (laughs) no of course (laughs) ralph's just mad because i didn't give him an acronym name right mfg (laughs) yes i just right right there peter pain in the ass (laughs) well you know it's because RTT doesn't work, you know. RTT. RTT. RTT? We'll figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> RTT. But what I'm saying is that sarcasm, I feel like that the kids of this generation coming up, they like a lot of snarky humor, which is fine. And they like a lot of back and forth, which is great also. But if it's overused, it becomes boring right. and it becomes, you get dulled to it. It's like me punching somebody in the arm after a while, after a while, you know, that thing's not going to be there. It's either going to bruise or it's just going to numb out. Right. I mean, well, you know, of course, cat punching in the arm, you won't notice it for a year or two. But eventually <laughs> it will wear down into your arm a little bit. But um, but no, I mean, it's, it's like a mosquito trying to bite the Superman. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, going back to what Cat was just saying about sarcasm, it's very true. It's And also what really gets me is that um, Marvel... Definitely movie-wise, and especially more so, which is disturbing, it's getting more in their comics now, um, with this whole snarky attitude, is that Spider-Man's shtick was the snarky attitude. Right. Only Spider-Man, because that's why everyone found him so annoying. Yeah. But now that everyone else is doing it, you're just like, I, I don't get it. I mean, you know, it's, it's again, it just feels like all the writers were just like, let's just make stupid comments and everything, and I think we're cool, because... Maybe is it all the writers, or is it the fact that Bendis is doing a bunch of the books and now doing well, the, and now doing the cartoons? He's doing Ultimate Spider-Man. He's uh, doing like true. three, four, you know, a couple of Avenger books. I don't know if he's doing a Spider-Man book yet, but I know he's got he's got a lot of influence. Well, he's he's doing Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, uh, that's right. He's doing yeah. the, the, the Ultimate and he Spider- did the Ultimate Spider-Man before when it was actually Peter Parker. That's and right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in there was snarky, 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 right. snarky. But know? but but think about all the writers. And you're right because there are other writers who do it, like Joss Whedon does it. Right. But Joss Whedon also, or, or at least until Shield, Agents of <laughs> Shield, I felt like he had a great balance of right. like drama and setting the tone and explaining how characters are with ha ha ha. Know about your characters. I make a joke here, and it might be a funny joke, but it's a deeply layered joke. Right. And also, in, um, with Joss Whedon, his jokes were when there would be an appropriate time for a joke. Um, even if it was, of course, inappropriate to make a joke. What I'm saying, though, is that at no point did Buffy, in mid-fight, start cracking jokes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even Firefly, you know, Dollhouse, no one's cracking jokes in mid-battle. And, and I mean, we know, know he's seen all of Buffy. <laughs> yeah, believe me, I do. I love Buffy. Um, you know, and again, I, I know comics are, you know, a different form the way they write them. Again, if you're making a slight comment here or there, but like I said, it's just a repetitive boom, 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 boom. It's like, well, when do you have time to actually, A, fight? Also, you're taking away any sense of suspense. Like I said, you're, you're taking any way, any fear that, wow, something bad will happen. Because when characters are constantly making jokes, it means that they're not taking the situation seriously. And if they're not worried about the world falling apart, why should I be? Right. You know, because then, I mean, granted, we know they're heroes. We know they're going to win. But I'm supposed to know that at the end of the movie, 
not get the feeling that they're going to win all the way through the movie right. because they're not taking it seriously. You know. Yeah. And the reason it works so well with Spider-Man is because since he's young and he uses his comedy to hide his fear. Right. You know. And right. That's what it As works. opposed to now, though. Yeah, now, <laughs> now he's superior Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Loves I, him. I am I better love. than you in every way. <laughs> I just, I was just reading um, the the latest one today, and it's just that he just turned to his minions. He's like, "Dolts, find that thing for me." And you're like, <laughs> "Really? You just called them dolts?" <laughs> but, I love it. Um, but actually, let me just talk about something I actually like about the movie. Um, oh, really? It's, something it's, you like? Yeah, no, I have a news few flash sound effect. <laughs> Well, I already Mike stated, with something he likes. I already stated that I enjoyed the the fight scene with the uh, the Wendigo fight scene, uh, even though I thought it was oddly placed. Oddly enough, and this sounds like the thing that I like is um, it sounds like I'm actually being uh, cruel about it, but I really love the opening and ending credits. I because that was um, it was kind of like reminiscent of like a, a Ditko or Kirby drawings. Of like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I did um, like yeah, that. Yeah, I really, I, in fact, I would love to see that artwork animated. You know, because it was it was lots of heavy. Um, what uh, outlining and thick shadow lines and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it was also like the Hulk drawn when he looked kind of like in the sixties and early seventies, like where a he, Frankenstein monster. Yeah, he kind of looked more Frankenstein like, and the, and Iron Man wasn't so smooth and polished looking and stuff like that. I really enjoyed the opening credits and the ending credits that way. Um, and uh, something else that I thought that the animation worked for, I loved the Hydra scientist suits. Oh yeah, I, oh, they look yeah. like hive. Well, like, they well, well they were all. Like in that, like a slick dark green skin tight suit, like you know, um, like a, kind of like a wetsuit, yeah. But it had like odd piping, glowing lines on it. But then I love like these, the the two red eyes they had, and then not like Bane from Batman the movie type thing, but they had some kind of a weird face mask covering their mouths as well. It just it just looked menacing. I, I just really enjoyed it. They, I thought they looked pretty menacing. Ah. It would have been more more menacing, I think, under better animation. But I just really like the the look of it. Nothing like no, nothing says villain than when you're menacing and you look menacing. Yeah. You know, you go open your mouth and say, "I'm going to destroy the world." But if you look like a baby face, I mean, who the fuck is scared of you? Or, or come on, Baron Zemo, the guy that has the that accidentally uses that adhesive X and glued his his uh, face mask to his face. That's why he has the purple face. But what the best part about Baron Zemo is his ermine lined his <laughs> his fur lined suit. That's <laughs> because he's got like the big like collar of fur and and around the shoulder pads. I'm like, you do know that like no one's afraid of people with fur, <laughs> with fur trimming on their outfits. You know, love the guy. Okay. But uh, but one other thing I want to mention, I thought the voice acting was pretty good. Yeah, I, I really had no problem with the voice acting. Again, I may not have liked the dialogue, um, but I thought the, the voice acting was good. I didn't like I didn't like Tony Stark. I felt like he needed to sound a little bit older. Like uh, yeah, he, okay. his balls needed to drop a little bit. <laughs> What's that iron suit? They can't let. They don't let it descend. Pink. <laughs> That's all it's going. It's, it's cold in there. They just go right back up. <laughs> I can't imagine balls banging up against the Iron Man suit. Anyway, you, you think a genius would include a heated nut warmer, right? <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I like the Hulk, and well, it's funny because speaking of the Hulk, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about having a semi-smart, being able to to to, to have a conversation, Hulk. Uh, I can tell you right now, don't like it. I mean, I, I don't want him to only be uh, monosyllabic, um, but... Hulk smash. Yeah, well, first of all, if, uh, once again, I, if I had heard smash in that movie one more time, I mean, <laughs> if that was a drinking game, I'd be dead. <laughs> and so would the neighbors. They would have just had to carry on after me. Um, but what I don't like is that what they're using it for, at least, um, I guess even in the comics now, but particularly in the cartoons and the animated... What they're doing is they're getting away from having to gasp, use Bruce Banner. 
In other words, because yeah. what I love is that Hulk is pretty, you know, Hulk not too bright in this movie. But meanwhile, he'll tell, oh, yeah, you should bring Zax down to the ground and short circuit him. Well, that's scientific thinking, Hulk. Because <laughs> that would make sense because you're Bruce Banner. Right. And it's like, you know, what I don't like is that they're never giving the Hulk his due. Or I should say they're not giving Banner his due. Yeah. Banner is a freaking genius scientist. Yeah. He is he is every bit as smart, at least I won't say his, um because Mr. Fantastic is always supposed to be the smartest, at least hero, in the universe, of okay. the Marvel Universe. Tony is the greatest inventor, but Banner would be the smartest, probably, I guess, what, more genetic scientist? I don't know if genetic's the right word I want, but... Radiation. Radiation, thank you. Yeah, very, gamma radiation. Yeah, radiation scientist. They, there is. they always refer to him as the greatest mind of gamma radiation ever. Right. So, I mean, so you put on that line, you know, it's like, you know, when Tony's constantly talking down to the Hulk, and I get that he's talking down to the Hulk, but the fact that we don't get Bruce, like, I mean, you know, if, if the Hulk is that smart that he can actually hold a conversation, he should just be like, you know, one time be like, you know, I am... A genius, genius scientist yeah. when I'm not looking like this, you know, just to kind of put him in his place. Uh, but, but also, the, but then then comes the idea of which Hulk are you going to present? Are you going to present a conscience that that they share a brain or that the brain is split? Like when some in some in some incarnations of the Hulk, the Hulk becomes the Hulk, Banner becomes the Hulk, and the Hulk says, "Oh no, I hate Banner." Almost like right. it's a separate person. Well, it used to be how it was yeah. up until probably I guess the late '80s, if not early '90s. I guess. Yeah. But even in the movie, they kind of play it, they, they they play it as that. Right. Well, I'm just saying that that's what it was all the way up until that right. time. Right. Yeah. Which movie? Um, the Incredible Hulk, the last one. Yeah. Because they definitely play it as because he hated he did hate Banner. Yeah, yeah, he hated Banner. Banner hated the Hulk, and I, and I kind of almost prefer that. Yeah. I, I definitely prefer that, and I think that if you show more Banner, he can have some. If you want witty retorts and back and forth, you can do that with Banner right. and, and, and Tony Stark. Because he's like, you know, you're not the only fucking genius in the room. Right. Which the Avengers movie kind of took a, a bit. And right. that's what I liked about it. It's, it's, um, I had talked to a good friend of mine, uh, a good friend and an excellent artist. I think I brought him up before on the podcast, uh, Matt Triano. Um, Matt Triano and I, we uh, would talk about uh, different things. And one thing I, we had mentioned, uh, or I had mentioned one time, is that I think that a lot of writers get lazy when there's a dual personality to deal with and by dual personality it doesn't have to be as drastic as the Hulk and Banner or even saying that you're schizophrenic but like um, people that at least have to come across different like if you notice you're almost exclusively anymore dealing with just Batman in the comics you almost do not see Bruce Wayne except for he shows up quickly at a function to set the scene and then Batman comes in and saves the day because something bad happens it's, it's like people are afraid to go, well, let me tell a story that involves this guy, and then he also is a hero, or vice versa. And it's the same thing with the Hulk. It's like, well, gee, Hulk smash, smash, smash. That's so easy to write. Oh, and you actually have to talk about something smart that Banner does? Right. Uh, I didn't get paid for this. It's like, yeah, you are. You're paid to be a writer. <laughs> Try writing. Right. <laughs> you know? A little kid could do that, writing for the Hulk. Yeah, seriously, they could. <laughs> smash, boom. Yeah. Hulk hungry. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you just think they're just sitting there going, this is genius. Honey, we're going to have another kid because this one's getting too old. <laughs> we need to Next, keep that two-year-old mentality. He's going to give the Hulk a college-level vocabulary. You can stop right there. <laughs> I, I just I just feel like when it comes to the Hulk, um, you can play, like, like MFG said, um, yeah, I'm really pushing that. I'm really pushing that. It's never catching on. It, it's gonna catch on. Watch, watch. Wait, wait, wait till we have our next hangout. I'm like, hey, MFG. I'm like, yeah, I told you. Yeah, it's gonna be like, meanwhile, 22 pages now with more MS, MFG. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We should put that in our next one. Um, it's better than BBC. <laughs> there goes my BBC ad. 
Um, but what I was saying was that I think I think Mike brings up an excellent point about you can play the Hulk in so many different ways, and not only with the whole Banner and Stark back and forth, but almost a point where you Banner doesn't want to turn into the Hulk, and part of the excitement of seeing the Hulk. It's the transformation. It's the right. anticipation of when is this going to happen? Exactly. You but, wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Right. Well, also, it's like you said, it's the anticipation. It's also, and I, I dare, I feel so you know, dangerous using the word, the, you know, you're adding excitement to a movie because the whole point is Banner is very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, like, so, you know, that's my, my danger zone. If you're going to give me Hulk as Hulk, who we already know can't really be destroyed, at least the way you're, you're writing him now. What's my danger? Let me say, okay, so he's going to get zapped and knocked, okay, two miles away. So he's just two miles away and he has to jump the distance back. Ooh, exciting. To see, someone's going to throw a bomb at the Hulk. Oh, he's going to live. Ow, exciting. You know, you need Banner. You need Banner. Like, how fast is he going to change? You know, yeah. oh, he seems to be unconscious and something's going to blow up. Holy shit, we've got, we've got tension now. Right, know? exactly. And, and just to have that kick-ass scene in Avengers 2 where Bruce Banner's like, you want to know my secret? Yeah. I'm always angry. That was great. That was a great line. That was a great line. It it just makes you excited to see the Hulk. You're like, oh, here it is. And I think because Marvel, when it comes to the Hulk, Marvel has probably had a lot of hate mail saying, dear Marvel, I hate the way you use the Hulk because, you know, he doesn't show up a lot. The name of the movie is The Incredible Hulk. Right. Not the incredible banner. Why don't we see more? <laughs> so, so and those are all the geek, and I understand that because I'm one of those geek guys. I'm like, where the fuck is the Hulk? But it's about balance, and, right. and a and good writer, good balance. a good writer has to have balance. Or as Ed Norton put it, it's the incredible Ed Norton, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, going back to what I was just, we were talking about, like you know, adding excitement with the Hulk and everything like that. But you notice though, they continuously do, do this with Iron Man. Suit doesn't work. Yep. It breaks down. So yeah, so fine. You give me Tony Stark in danger. I mean, uh, what about anyone else? Yeah, like, but you know what that is? That's the incredible Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> no, I'm even talking about even in this. Remember, his legs didn't work. Yeah. He was basically powerful. Yeah, but he was still and, in his Iron Man suit. Right, but, but I'm just saying. No, that's what I'm saying. But he's right in that he's still potentially killable. Okay, you know because gotcha. that's his danger zone. Is that if that suit doesn't work, he's just a guy. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so they they have no problem doing it there. I'm sorry, bro. No, he's just a guy with like a genius level intellect and tons of money. Right. Yeah, what's he gonna do? Think he did that? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hit you with his wallet. <laughs> I know pie. There's 75 places. <laughs> no, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> You just um, bore them to death. Like, <laughs> and then the universe expanded and blah, blah, blah. That's what Marvel's afraid of. They're billions afraid of, and billions of stars. <laughs> they're afraid of boring their audience to death. That's why they're adding so much action. They want it to be like a Dragon Ball Z episode. Oh. Shout out to Big Kev. You heard me say it. It's like a Dragon Ball Z episode. Well, I all I know is I didn't hear one person go in, in the movie the whole time go, Ah! <laughs> I, I could have sworn the Hulk did that a couple of times. No, no, the Hulk went. She's <laughs> a totally different. I can't it's wait. completely different. I hear that. Completely different. I can't wait for you to have kids, Ralph, so I can hear you do that with your kid. And then the Hulk said, Raw. I'm like, wow, he still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm going to have like at least four or five kids sitting around. Have four one, or five kids? You're, my you're such a Dominican. Just yeah. stop at two. I thought he was slacking as a Dominican. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I want to keep it with my grandfather, he had 24. So. I told you really? he was slacking. Yeah. See? God bless him. <laughs> and his penis didn't fall off? Wow. That, no, that I, was what grandma was wishing. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. I'll just take it in the air. Please, just stop. <laughs> did, did, did grandma start sleeping with a rifle at any point? Well, no, no. I, I guess the, the reason he had more than one wife was because of that. Uh, ah, there we go. He yeah. spread it out amongst the cosmos. That's yeah, great. That's right. Um, back to the story for a second. Like getting off of Ralph's grandfather, <laughs> getting off of the mother. Why were you on my grandfather in the first place? 
Not Trust cool, me. man. Not cool. <laughs> now I guess we know why he had 24 kids. It's, it's really irresistible. <laughs> More irresistible than a BBC. <laughs> um, but going back to the movie, um, do you think that this was, felt like a really long Avengers Assemble episode? Yes. Yeah. I was just about to say something along that line, actually. Well, it th- that's actually the way they're doing. They, they gave the Hulk the same Avengers Assemble kind of a Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it did. It felt like a very long episode of it. I mean, not not boring. I mean, I still was entertained, but I did kind of look at the clock a couple of times when the movie was going on, like wondering when it was going to come to an end. It didn't have that feature film um, no. feel. No, didn't it, have did. that, it didn't that have a polish. Special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was no polish. What did you guys think about Tony's floating fortress? That's kind reminiscent of, like, of uh, the... The, the, the shields floating the fortress? Well, that and also kind of the ultimates. In the ultimate world, remember, he has that, that whole floating fortress right. type thing. Um, I didn't like it. I, I thought that was just a cheap way of making it so that he could be mobile. Right. You know, I just, I don't know if they're going to put that in the comics or if it's in the comics or been in the comics. I have no idea, but it, I don't like it at all. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, I mean, I didn't pay too much attention to it, but when it was there, I was like, really? He's got a floating fortress? Whatever. Tony. Yeah, I mean, if it was just like, you know, you know, maybe like a, like kind of like an Air Force One kind of a plane, but like, you know, a different model, I would have been kind of okay. Like, that's just a luxury. Meaning that, for instance, he's done being Iron Man. He zips up to the plane. He's got a pilot up there, or Jarvis is, you know, piloting the plane, and he just changes into tux, and he's just in luxury, not in science mode. If you know it's what I like mean. It's like Knight Rider. Knight Rider used to drive into the truck, and right. he was able to like change and get diagnostics done. And, right. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah, sense. I mean, David Hasselhoff changed into Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, the Hoff. <laughs> you know, speaking of Knight Rider, I actually saw a car um, the other two nights ago when I was driving home. With the Knight Rider light in the front. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. You, you didn't take down the license plate? Just like kind of be like track it and stalk it? Because that's kind of cool. Yeah. Not that I'm into stalking, yeah, but just in case you were. Because normal <laughs> people write down other people's license plates and track them down. We're a geek podcast. We don't do anything normal. We can never make a minute on Geeks on the Go. What the fuck? <laughs> I want to know, did the guy have a curly hair mullet? You know, actually, I think he did. Ooh, yeah. nice. <laughs> It'd be cool if it was a black or Spanish guy. <laughs> well, if it's a black guy, then it's not really a curly head mullet. It's just a big old Jerry curl. <laughs> did, did it look like he had, like, really bad drippy stains on the back of his seat cushion? Wow. I don't know, but as the car was driving by me, I heard this really weird kind of sound, you know? <laughs> nice. I like that. Between, between the um, Knight Rider and the original Cylons with their, like, that oh, little yeah. I love that whole back and forth thing. That was just the coolest thing in the world. I feel like Cyclops should have had that. Yeah. But that would just mean he would be going, looking back and forth, and that would be disturbing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's like hyper or something. He's like, where are you yeah. going? Yeah, I was just going everywhere. Where gonna, where Scott, gonna... put down that Coke. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I Coke. My God. Well, um, wow, that was loud. I'm not used to that. I'm so not used to these mics. Um, he's yeah. Cap finally got a, a, a nice blue Yeti, just like you know Ralph and I there. So he's now also learning how to to talk into uh, Silver Surfer's big dick. <laughs> it's like, do I, do I approach it from the side or head on? Like, where do I go with it? Um, but, um, yeah, so so back to the movie, what I was going to say was what made it feel like a long episode was the villain choice. Yeah, well, because Zach's is not... You know, Zach's reminds me of, once again, Spider-Man and his amazing friends when they had that... Oh, you, do you remember that? I remember. Well, there was the electrical one. Wasn't the, the, it the one with the the video man? Not vi- not only video oh. man because video man was another annoying yeah. character. Because video man was good in one episode, and he was bad in another episode. Right. Two two totally separate um, incarnations of the same series. Go fucking figure. And using the animation pieces of both 
in, in both. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was like, wow, this looks awfully familiar. No, there was one that was like an electric like buzzer. Yeah. And he kind of would jump around. It, it, yeah, it, I remember that. Yeah, it, it felt like that. And it was like, this is horrible. Yeah. yeah. But, but when I'm watching it in this version, I'm like, it makes it feel, it makes the episode just feel, it makes the movie feel like an episode. Yeah. Well, um, and also, I mean, Zax is not a great character. I mean, he... He either should be like just a flat out menace, like a mindless menace, almost like the Hulk, but only made of electricity, you know, like basically just running rampant because, you know, the uh, Zax in the comics is not that intelligent. He has like, you know, enough intelligence to be told what to do, but that's about it. And he's kind of a mindless beast um, because the Zax actually in the comic, too, uh, he he was also he also resulted out of an explosion. But oddly enough, he resulted out of an explosion from Con Ed. From and this is, you gotta love it. It was Con Ed's nuclear plant. Yeah, like all of us in New York would ever trust Con Ed with nuclear anything. <laughs> all right, um, it was their explosion and um, the Zacks there. He didn't live so much on electricity, normal electricity. He lived on uh, electro psionic energy, so wow. energy from your mind. He lived off of that and that created him. Wow, a little bit difference there. But um, but Zacks to me should always be a pawn. So like for instance, after he was accidentally created by Hydra, Hydra should have been using him, and then that would have given me more of a sense of okay. Zax is the attack dog, but Hydra's the main villain of the right. piece. Right. Or, or some that other villain. That would have right. worked. That would have yeah. worked a little bit more, but Zax himself is just very boring, you know? Yeah. I mean, just to give you an idea of how boring it is, Zax's name is spelled with three Zs, as in Zax. Three Zs, A-X. Wow, okay. So, anything else you found of the movie that was of interest or not of interest? I just thought it was like interesting how, like, Hydra doesn't even play a big part in in the yeah. in the movie. It's just at the beginning and at the very end. We had a surprise ending after post credits. Yeah, thank goodness really? I didn't shut the show. You it didn't off. stop. You, you didn't watch it. Well, after I watched it, I had a little date, so I went. Uh, what? Yeah. Ralph on yeah. a date? Well, I guess what you, fellow geek or not a geek? Huh? Was she a geek or not a geek? No, no, it was like. Uh, Commitment, I guess I would have said. Oh, I fucking got excited for that. You got married? <laughs> yeah. That's was, why he looks so unhappy. It was a beautiful ceremony. <laughs> it was a what? It was a beautiful ceremony. Well, you know the, the three rings of marriage? What ring? Well, first is the engagement ring. Right. Then it's the wedding ring. Uh-huh. Then it's the suffering. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, Cap. You haven't heard these? <laughs> We're off the tech, ladies and gentlemen. Here all day on 22, 22 pages later. Yes. No, um, Make sure to sip your waitress. <laughs> Try the veal. <laughs> MFG, you were going to say? Um, yeah, it was the last, literally the last one minute, or maybe even actually 50-something seconds of, of the... Uh, Spoilers. Yeah, there's a, there's a little tag on, and you know you go back to the Hydra base, and uh, you see a mysterious figure about to talk to okay. the Hydra, you know, Hydra people, and you're like, well, it's not really a big mystery to all of us that are comic book people. The only person that would be talking to Hydra would be the Red Skull. And it's the Red Skull. <laughs> um, and then he's well, talking about some thanks plan. Thanks for ruining that for me. <laughs> Good, for a change. <laughs> That's for Arrow. Fuck you. Go ahead, MFG. Kev, I just ruined something for him. So, I, you know, you, it, don't, you, don't, oh, you don't have to come in. Meanwhile, in East Harlem, fuck, these fucking guys did this again. <laughs> but, um, fucking assholes. But I mean, it's not even really anything important. I mean, you see the Red Skull, and I don't know why they tried to make it seem like that was a surprise to us. But... Um, it, he uh, he sets the way that I'm assuming. I guess if sales go well, or whatever the next movie should be an Iron Man Captain America team up. 
Uh, yeah, that's what you're getting the feel of. Or maybe a Hulk Captain America. Too. No, no, he mentioned something about whatever his plans were. It was with Iron Man, and then he said something about Captain America. He, he was very, he was oh, very okay. specific yeah. on who he mentioned. Oh yeah, so. it, was, it was specific enough that I went, oh, Iron Man. Captain who says America the movie. Hulk can be in it? If the Hulk wants to be in it, he will be in it. True, though, I wouldn't want to tell him no. Wow, get off the Hulk's <laughs> dick, bro. That's my boy. <laughs> you, to, to tell your boy to, to have better writers write him. We, we go. We have smash sessions together. Smash <laughs> sessions. Yeah. You know that sounds really bad, right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your review, your rating, my rating. Hmm. Um, I will give it three out of five barely working arc reactors. <laughs> okay, three out of five. Wow. All right, Ralph. I give it three out of five. Smash. Oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna give it two angry Hulk fists out of five. I feel like. If three is the average, and I'm going to go with what I said earlier, if three is the average or middle of the road, I'm going to say it's subpar. It's not horrible, but it's not. It's not even watchable a second time. See, look at you always trying to stand out. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Can't go with the flow. No, I I, I prefaced it before. I I said if this was okay, (laughs) what's below okay? Eh, and two out of five is an eh. Is it? But yes. we but we both said three out of five. So one of us be one of us. One of us. One, one of, of us. Now you want to make it to a one? Okay, one out of five. How about that one? All I would like to point out though is uh, to all those listeners, the hater was Cap. <laughs> yes, the hater was me. All right, there you have it. Our um look at Iron Man and the Hulk teaming up, and we actually wish Heroes they... United. Heroes United. Well, we wish they ununited. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind: What's on Mike's shelf? All right. So wait, am I on? What? Am I on? Yeah, it's just um, my bad. Oh damn! I'm like, <laughs> I guess you don't want me to work here anymore. <laughs> All right, so you know what this segment is, Mike's shelf. Um, what's on Mike's shelf? Actually, Mike has a big old shelf behind us, full of great books, and um, we get to take a look and see what the hell he has, and you know why is it on his shelf. So, I guess Mike has no witty retort. No, I was just wondering how you got past those picketers that clearly had signs that said that you are not to be working here. <laughs> I said, I'm from the Bronx. I got a gun and they cleared. <laughs> the magic of words. All righty. Ralph, could you do the honors? Spin the wheel. Vanna, if you would spin that wheel. What's on MFG's shelf? Wow, I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love it, please. And what number are we on there, All right? Ralph? This week, we are on lucky number 44. That is 44 for you non-Spanish speakers. Including me. Okay. <laughs> so, Oh, wow, 44. Okay. So, Mike, what is number 44 on your shelf? 44 is something that no one's ever heard of, ever. Ever? Ever. It is a obscure book written by Alan Moore and drawn by David Loy. Um, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it for you guys, but I think it's called V for Vendetta. Oh, wow. That sounds very interesting. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's pronounced V for Vendetta. Ah, I thought it was five for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everybody should know V for Vendetta. Come on, your nerds out there. You should be able to at least watch the movie. Yeah, I didn't watch the movie. That, you didn't watch the movie? No. Nope. Totally. 
mind-blowing, mind-fucking movie. Yeah. That you don't know what the hell happens. What? Oh, come on. I, it, I said it was V for Vendetta, not Inception. <laughs> <laughs> and now we apologize to all the Inception fans out there. <laughs> well, Inception... Yeah, I actually read this really cool thing about Inception Room. little segue there. Apparently, um, it is the real reality because it just says... Uh, never mind. I guess you I, I realized. Just got fucked. No. I, I think we were victims of Inception. <laughs> <laughs> now I think Ralph realized he'd make this podcast a lot longer if he brought up that point. Yes. <laughs> Knowing MFG over here, be like, no, no, you're gonna give me a world. You better set the principles and stick to them. Blah 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 blah. Look, blah. I keep a gun taped under this table to stop arguments really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, you're OCD. You keep the gun under the table to keep the table balanced. <laughs> And now it's straight. <laughs> okay. So for those who don't know V for Vendetta, could you give a brief synopsis on what it's about? All right. V for Vendetta. Um, uh, it takes place in a, uh, I guess it's a world that's supposed to be a, a reimagined United Kingdom in the, around the 80s and 90s. Okay? Uh, 1980s and 1990s. Um, the book itself came out in, uh, it started being published by DC's Vertigo title in 1988. And uh, it's a tennis shoe book, I believe. Um, and uh, it's, it's just a masterpiece of a book, in my opinion. But uh, anyhow, so it's taking place in a, a, a more dystopian, I guess, kind of a United Kingdom imagined in the 1980s and 1990s. And there's this mysterious mass figure. He's, he's much more of a revolutionary, and he calls himself V. Um, the V, as to hear, like I said, the title is V for Vendetta, but also V was often associated for V for Victory. Particularly in the um, in the colony, oh, sorry, in the uh, in England and stuff like that. So it kind of had a double meaning when you looked at the the painting of the V. It also kind of looked like it would be a V with a circle around it, so it looked kind of like an upside down anarchy symbol. Right. You know, so there's a lot going on there. But um, but he's attempting to destroy this totalitarian government because the government has gotten out of hand. Um, or or and I don't think I'm doing the exact quote uh, from the from the book, but it's. You know, it's not the people that should be afraid of the government. It's the government that should be afraid of the people. And that is the point of the book. Yeah! Oh, I, Fight I'm the power! I'm all for it. Typical I, Alan Moore yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so well done. And this is not uh, a superhero movie for anybody, or a superhero book for anyone that's not familiar. This is not powers or anything like that. There's a man, he has a kind of like a, I don't even know what you would call it, like a Victorian kind of like, party mask but it's a very kind of creepy smiley face mask but it's really great and i think people are familiar more with the mask than the actual story right right you know but i thought a lot of people i thought anyhow people had seen the movie but it's so it's hugo weaving i believe right and yes. natalie portman yes yeah. natalie portman yeah so for all you guys out there that love natalie portman go watch the movie and maybe learn a little something yeah, but i heard the movie's a little bit different than the book yeah it's not that much different i mean i mean obviously you know again you know translating book to a film there's difference but it's not as grossly different as you would expect it would be. Um, definitely, the the Alan Moore's actual words are a lot more wordier. Um, there's a lot more going on in the book, uh, and it's actually interesting. It's not just filler. There's just a lot in there because he is talking about a, a movement. He's not just trying to make a cute story. You know, I mean, his. Uh, I'm not saying he's saying to take down the the um, UK's you know government, but I mean, he's he's bring down Parliament. Right. Exactly. He, he is. You know, writing about. Um, the, the fears of you know, uh, you know, of, of war and 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 people just being tramped on by the you know on by the government and things along that line. So, it, it's it's just a great book and it it makes you kind of feel like 
listening to what's going on in the world after you read it. Like you, you just want to go, wait a minute, what have I been missing in the news? You know, what is the government doing? Are my rights being trampled on? Am I giving them away? Wow. And this is something that was written back in 88. And not to say that it didn't ring true back then, but it's funny how it still rings true now. Well, I say it still rings true and even more so. I mean, again, when you read the book, like, like I said, it, it's the government has really taken over in the UK and whatnot, and people's freedoms are really being crushed. I mean, you're not talking about like a Hitler or a Stalin kind of a thing, but it's just you don't have a lot of um, free will is not yours exactly. But now look at our world. I mean, you know, um, we made fun of a lot of the European countries having these, uh, these what these nationalization cards or whatever, and you know America swore we would never do that, and then lo and behold the towers went down, and we're actually considering doing that. Now these nationalization cards are not like driver's license, they're not like passports. They're things that will have like your DNA described in there. It would have your fingerprint described in there. Wow. It would have your political party described in there. It would have places that you frequent described in there. It would have your um, political uh, association. Any par- any party you're associated to? I mean, you know, this is all this information. Now, imagine that being used by the police when you get pulled over for a simple speeding, you know, incident. They can actually have access to all this information about you that at no point should they have access to for a simple violation. Right. See, for me, that wouldn't be a problem because the answer to everything would just be awesome. <laughs> It'd be DNA, awesome. Political party, awesome. This guy's right. awesome. Nationality, awesome. God. So, but basically, what you're saying is that V for Vendetta is a social commentary book, right? Exactly. And, and just like a lot of Alan Moore's works, um, or at least some, a lot of his works are. Yeah, pretty much his work is social commentary. All, all of them are like yeah. social commentary. I mean, yeah. I'm, I enjoy Alan Moore's stuff, or, or not even social commentary, but also because um, I'm trying to think of how to explain Swamp Thing. Because it wasn't necessarily social commentary. Yeah, it's an environmental yeah, thing. Saying, it's which, is social, thing. which is social. I guess, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I guess. The whole thing that, that Swamp Thing exists is because he was, it was a, a toxic swamp that caused the mutation for him to be born. And right. then Swamp Thing just fights environmental uh, terrorists and terrorists, things yeah. like that, yeah. Okay. Or yeah, people that are destroying the environment. So he right. in himself is an environmental terrorist trying to protect the world and watchmen of course we all know you know yeah, very yeah. much a commentary uh, on who the watches world. the watchman yeah but uh, the interesting part about this book is that um which i didn't know until recently is that it like i said dc published it under its uh vertical title and starting in 88 but it actually started printing in um in a, a book that was called warrior which i think was a uk printed book and that started in 82 through 85 that's when v for vendetta really first started and oh, they wow. were all in black and white and that this book reprints those, but it colorized them. Oh, cool. But the color is really, really good. Um, and then it finishes up the story. So the story never finished in Warrior. It oh, got, wow. Yeah, okay. Warrior got canceled in 85. So in 88, oh. they brought this in and then they finished the story. So that was actually, I thought, pretty interesting. 88. Uh, that was a great year. You were born? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. 88 for me, that was when the Dodgers won the World Series. So that's, I'm in eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade. You mean 1988, right? Because, I mean, you're old enough, it would be just 88 for you. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Isn't 88 your age, there, guy? <laughs> I'm too young for that. Too, too young for this kind of question. Okay, whatever. Um, so, um, real quick, um, did you, is the book, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find a way of, of verbalizing this. When it comes to reading the book, was it a quick read? Was it a fun read? Or was it more like a sit down, have some coffee? You might want to stay awake for some of the long passages, but it's a great payoff. You are in for the long haul reading this book. It, it, it's not that it's thick. It's just dense. It, it is. I mean, it's, I was actually just thinking that right before uh, Cap said it, I was about to say, 
um, if you are not a big reader, and that's not an insult to intelligence, that's just a timing thing, maybe you're just not patient or whatever, definitely watch the movie. You'll get the gist of it. And like I said, it's something that just makes you think a little bit. Um, but if you enjoy, you know, a, a well thought out, you know, reading or whatever, definitely read the book and then watch the movie. I mean, they're both good. But uh, what do you think, Ralph? I know you you read it. I, uh, it took me a while to read. Exactly, it's it's, it's dense. <laughs> I, I usually this is the during the time when I didn't have my car, so I was used to, uh, taking the train a lot. Right. So it was a few sittings, and it took a while for me to read it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wait, so you're not giving it six claws? You're giving it five claws? Huh? I'll give it, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give it five masks out of five. And also, one other thing, though, uh, for anybody that uh, that thinks, you know what, I'm going to give it a go and I'll read it again, not discouraging anyone to to, to read. Um, it's not uh, Alan Moore is English, um, so it's it's written with a lot of English terms in general. Um, but on top of it, he has characters that are speaking in Cockney, which is kind of like an English slang for those that don't know. Right. He's actually he's phonetically writing it so that. Not only are these words that don't look right, so you almost have to kind of lip pronounce it while you're reading it to kind of get what they're saying. And then even still, he's on top of it using um, slang, even of the Cockney slang. So like, for instance, a, a most common example um, that people may have heard of is that uh, um, so instead of saying like, uh, they fell down the stairs, you could say, you know, they fell down the, the, the what is it, the, the apples and pears. Because it's a rhyming cockney. I mean, there's just all kinds of things like that. So there is that in the book that won't make sense to us very often as Americans. Ah. So just to be wary of that. Fell okay. down the apples and pears. Yeah, it's a whole rhyming thing. And I don't That's bollocks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> bollocks is in there a lot. And that was actually really funny because um, I was in, I won't say what I was doing in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> but I was old enough to be reading this book that was for mature readers, let's just put it that way. Um, and they used the word bollocks, and I actually was not familiar at that point with what the term was. Like, I, I thought it meant more like fuck. And it really just means balls. Yeah. I, I, which I did not know that at the time, though, because it wasn't as common in the American, you know, usage by that point. So I thought they were saying something really dirty, and then finally I looked it up, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, and then I'm like thinking, oh, that's kind of an odd saying, but I guess it's there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, there you have it. V for Vendetta. Um, a book recommended if you are a really good reader, but if you don't like reading, don't pick it up, and you can end up watching Heroes United. Hey, hey guys, this is Big Kev, reminding you that these bozos want to hear from you. Bozos meaning Cap, Ralph, and Mike. So, if you want to tell them what you think, like Mike, stop being a hater, or Ralph, did you? Why did you choose six claws? Or Cap, shut up! You a dolphin fan? Please hit them up at m22cmr at gmail.com, or check out their website at meanwhile22pageslater.com, or even Twitter them up. What the heck is a Twitter them up? At meanwhile22. 22 is a number. Jack Bauer all day. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back there, everybody. I heard Big Kev was doing the announcement, or or fake Big Kev, I guess. <laughs> There's only one Big Kev. <laughs> yeah, and you're not him. <laughs> wow, that was really horrible. Are you, you going to go on to um, production, post-production, and fix that? Like, fix Geeks on the Go, you <laughs> fucking bastard? For those who don't know, last time we did Geeks on the Go, and I decided that you know I was going to do it a different way. So, of course... A horribly M- different way. MFG and Ralph were like... What the hell was that? So I, I buzz Ralph's chops and I tell Ralph, if you can do it better, you do it. So Ralph does it and he does it totally off. 
and I call him out on it. In post-production, because Ralph's the Ralph's attack, Ralph decides I'm going to make it closer to what it really is supposed to be. Sorry. It's what it's really supposed to be. And he fixed it. So when I say, oh, wow, that, that was fucked up, I'm like, that's not the way it was. I was bugging out. I'm like, who looks it. like the fool now? <laughs> you do, Cap. But if you notice, though, they were too afraid to let me give a go at the Geeks on the Go. That's you could do I'm it. Saying. You could do it next. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, they, they're too afraid of my 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 dulcet tones. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you host the show when I wasn't here. Trust me, I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> Should be worried. Listenership went up four million percent and dropped right when you came back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. So, what are we doing? We are doing a little little something for the mourners out there. You know, we, there's just things in life that just that pass away from us too soon in life. And mostly it's good nerd TV shows. So, <laughs> <laughs> the people I could give a damn about. But the TV shows, they live on forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so here we were just today talking about uh, things that are gone too soon. So I asked the, uh, the lovely host over here, uh, Ralph Tech. Cap and myself here to choose a, a show that we thought was gone before its time. Some nerd show that that had a run, however long it was, but didn't actually get a chance to have a real conclusion. So what do we get, guys? All right. Should I let you go first, Ralph? I'll go first. Mine is short and sweet. The show I've never heard of that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story about Cap's life. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, thought I, that would be... I, I, I would have a witty retort, but I'm drinking right now. So go ahead. <laughs> I would at least have said sweet and sour. <laughs> sweet and sour. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, the show I was thinking about was uh, John Doe. Oh, I like John Oh, Doe. wow. John Doe. Okay. So this show first premiered in Fox in 2002. Only lasted uh, one season. So it had 21 episodes. Uh, and, to, and then it ended in 2003. But the way it ended was like the biggest cliffhanger ever. Okay. Well, before we get to that, what was the show about? Okay. So the show is about uh, a guy who, as you can tell, John Doe, he doesn't remember who he is. Um, He's found in the ocean, butt naked, and he's fished out by some fishermen. He has no recollection of where he came from, who he is, but he is like a super genius. He knows everything else in the world. Except who he is and what it is. But, um, so, as the story goes on, um, he finds a place, you know, and he settles down. He helps the police solve crimes. Because okay. um, as the police, um, uh, they, they take him in and they try to figure out who he is. He, he's looking at, like, the crime reports and he's like, oh, but, you, you know, this and this, look at this, look at this. And he helps them solve a few crimes. So, uh, a police officer portrayed by John Marshall Jones... Okay. Who was the Who was John Doe? Hmm? What do you mean? Uh, what the the actor? Oh, sorry, uh, Dominic Purcell. He's ah. also known from uh, uh, um, Prison Break. Yeah, Prison Break. I was, right. He was, he was the brother that was in prison, right? Yeah. Okay. And he also played uh, Dracula in, in Blade Three. Shh! Don't ever bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we we, we can forget that's, about that. That's one. like saying Beetlejuice three times. <laughs> you don't want that. Thing Isn't happening. it like when you're in school and, and they drop the lowest score of, your, of all your tests? <laughs> yeah, that's the lowest score. Blade Three. <laughs> okay. So uh, they team up and they have like the little buddy cop moments. So he's helping them out. He's a consultant for them. But along the way, he's, this guy's a genius. So stock market, he kills in the stock market. So he, he buys this club and he lives on oh, top wow. of the club. And uh, the bartender at the club, um, his name, what was it? It was portrayed oh, by William Forsythe. Oh, I know oh, that name. Oh, I know that name. I just can't think of what I know him from. He's been in tons of movies. Wow. 
Uh, let's see, something that you might know. Because I was thinking John Forsythe, who was the voice of Charlie on Charlie's Angels, but that's not the same guy. Uh, he was in Weeds, in Dick Tracy. Oh, okay. Dead Bang, The Man Who Wasn't There. Let's wow. try something more recent. Halloween, Mob Doctor. He's, oh, yeah. He's a very familiar actor. He was he was the the, oh, okay. the guy. You ever seen Mob Doctor? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, he was the the big head honcho there. He always plays like villain roles. Yeah, he's got a villain face. He's got like kind of like a I'm better than you face. Yeah. So <laughs> as as it progresses, um, you get this uh, secret organization called um, the Phoenix. Was it? Yes. The, we yeah. should have elevated music when you're trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> so the Phoenix dead air. <laughs> the Phoenix organization. And so it's like this big conspiracy where it turns out that John, uh, he was dead and then he came back to life. And the reason that he knows so much is because when you die, apparently all the knowledge in the universe comes to you. That was like one of the theories. Oh, I think, I, that's that's interesting. interesting. Okay. I had only watched a few episodes. Like I said, I love the show, but I never got to how he knew that. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. So throughout the series, he's trying. Uh, he's he's. Uh, oh, he's also colorblind. So oh, that's right. I did remember that. I so he's he's that. colorblind. So there's one episode where he he sees this little girl on TV, and for some reason he sees her in color. Okay. Right, and um, so he's trying to figure out why he can see her in color, but it just turns out to be a dead end. Then they introduce this like uh, kind of maniac, kind of Joker, kind of person who's a psychopath. And he makes him go through like these sort of trials to try to save people. And if he doesn't, then someone's going to die. Right. Sort of thing. So at, he stops him at the end, whatever. Hmm. Um, and then his his uh, bartender, which is, turns out to be his best friend, or turns into his best friend. His name is Digger, right? Okay. So he's big spoiler, right? And it has to be said. So this is how they end the show. Um, John finds like the the leader of, of the Phoenix uh, organization, right? And he's chasing him down. And he's going through, like, this kind of sewer thing. And he's chasing this guy. And the guy goes up the staircase. And when he looks down, right, and John Doe's looking up at him, guess who it is? His friend Digger. That's how you see it. Because you, you, you never see, whenever they show, like, the cutscenes with the guy talking, mm-hmm. all you see is, like, a, a hat and a trench coat. And you never see the guy's face. But then you look at it and you see his digger, and then the show ends right there. Oh, wow. So you don't know what happened. Was it really digger? Was it someone else? But it, it's wow. crazy. And like the, it, it wow, builds you up. Sound, you sound angry. <laughs> <laughs> Please, man. It's like I watched it after the show was already canceled. So I'm, I'm like, I, I saw it like one, they were doing reruns on Fox, right? So I'm like, wow, this show seems pretty interesting. So I go back, I watch it from the beginning. And I'm, and I'm getting really into the show. And I'm like, holy shit, yo, this thing's really building up. Right. I wonder what's going to happen. Then it builds up to there. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. There's got to be more. It can't just end like that. <laughs> so I look it up and I see there's, I wasn't the only one. There was an outcry on the internet of people complaining. It's like, how's that shit going to end on a major cliffhanger like that? Apparently the ratings dropped for a while. So oh. Fox dropped the show. Well, Fox loves dropping shows. But, but I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, there's Ridiculous. no rhyme reason. They love it, you know. Oh, that does suck. Did any was there ever any talk about a possible, you know, TV movie or something? No, no. Wow. All there was is just fans trying to like create an ending for right. the show. Like I saw one where it turns out that Digger has a twin brother, and now it's the guy that you saw. Whatever. Okay. But it's like, wow, it's crazy though. But 
right. It's yeah. like that that show. And have you ever seen the show New Amsterdam? No. I've heard of it. I've it heard. It was also it. on Fox, where this right. guy he was like a immortal, and he could only die if he finds the woman that he loves. Oh, okay. it only had three episodes. So fuck you, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so I guess that's it. We're replacing Six Claws with Fuck, Fuck You, Fox. Fox. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. That, like you said, that is gone too soon. Yeah. So, so what we got, Cap? Well, Cap could go with a couple of different directions. Pick um, one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, MFG, you gave me quite a glare there. Listen, you, you have reached the fork in the road, either left or well, right. Well, let me tell you the forks that were there. There was Young Justice, which I could have went to easily because from the beginning of this podcast, I've whined and bitched and moaned about but, how but much it had a conclusion. It yeah. did have a conclusion, but it still it, left it open for more. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is that, you know, I felt like, all right, because the, the thing is, the, the, the segment is gone too soon, whether that's a conclusion or not, it's another story. I, you're like, oh, okay. I thought Ralph was giving us the, the, the signal of, wind it up, bitch, wind it up. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you back up from the mic. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, one, um, it was between Young Justice and another one I thought about was, um, oh, what was the name? Roswell. But Roswell actually lasted a couple of seasons. So, but did it actually end? From what I remember, it, it, it ended on a cliffhanger, but not as big as the one Ralph's talking about. The one that I remember liking and wishing that they stayed with is actually a cartoon series. Surprise, surprise. Um, spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular, uh, spectacular loved Spider-Man. that version. I, I liked what they did with Spider-Man that they didn't make... I mean, there's a couple of things I like. Number one, they 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 started the Spider-Man story. They, they tried to do what they did now, like you know, doing the ultimate version of Spider-Man, using the ultimate Spider-Man, the original run, not the, not the, the, the black and Spanish Spider-Man. Right. Peter Parker, re, you know, um, re, re-envisioned for the year 2000. Yeah, right. And it, this, I believe, came out um, for WB on in 2009. Okay. Yeah, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah 2009. So um, they re-envisioned all the villains. They re-envisioned um, him in high school. And there was no, or not as much Mary Jane. There was right. more. Well, Mary Jane didn't come in until it, the last year. Yeah, because it was only two seasons. Right. Yeah, the first season, it's Gwen Stacy. Right. And... I hate when all these Spider-Man renditions had Mary Jane as the original love. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. And, and just, I just felt like the show was done right. Right. Peter Parker sounded like Peter Parker. He was still young. Um, you had him in high school, which was interesting within itself. It's kind of like, I feel like, wow, that's loud. Um, <laughs> these are great mics. Um, <laughs> um, one thing that I like about it is that I feel like Marvel's always trying to recapture the magic of Spider-Man when he was a kid. Right. And they try to capture it even as him as an adult. Um, that magic was there in the show. You felt, you know, it worried about, you know, Peter and him and his dating and him and his aunt and, and all that stuff combined. And it just felt like a good mix. The Did you say great. him dating his aunt? No, him dating, <laughs> comma, his aunt. Let me, let me be more specific. Him dating, period. And also, you worried about him and his aunt and, you know... Was Aunt May ever going to find out? Was Aunt May ever in danger? That kind of stuff. Right. Okay. I had to be. Oh, because we've got on your grandfather. That's why, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You want to get on Peter Parker's aunt? <laughs> I don't want to get off on Peter Parker's aunt, please. But yeah, I felt like it was done really well. And they, once again, like they do with a lot of cartoon series, I feel like nothing lasts beyond a season and a half, maybe right. two seasons. And they cut it short. Just like, um, not Beware the Batman. What was the one? The Batman? Right, I like the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. The Batman. 
Yeah, it was it was, it was in, at first I didn't like it, and I remember liking it. But I think matter of fact, they were on the same channel. They were both on WB. Yeah. So they cut the Batman short too, and it was another beginning story or early Batman story. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of these companies now are just waiting for a big bang from their product instead of letting it kind of settle. Oh. And, you know well, what they do is they just they come out in time for mm-hmm. an upcoming movie. And even not saying it's related to the movie, they come out for an upcoming movie and then they figure, well, the movie's now come out. Maybe the show lasts another half season or a season. Then it goes away. Really bad choice. I mean, oh, it is. It's horrible. I mean, I, and, I'm, and I liked Spider-Man, the animated series, but Spectacular is probably one of the better versions. Even better than Spider-Man, the animated series. Yes, Kev, I said that. Because um, I know he loves Spider-Man, the animated series. And there are a lot of people doing it. It's good. It was good. But, but, I mean, think about all the renditions. Think about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Think about the original Spider-Man in the 80s. Think about... All the different versions whoa, whoa, of Spider-Man. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean the original Spider-Man in the 80s? Well, they had Spider-Man, just Spider-Man, and then they had Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Right, okay. It's two separate. All right, let's talk original Spider-Man. You mean 1967 oh, cartoon. Oh, that, that one, too. That, that one would too. be Spider-Man. Sorry. Then. I was talking original in comparison to his amazing friends. Sorry. Yeah, don't you diss my childhood. Oh, man. I saw go. that stuff in reruns. I love those things. Shit. <laughs> but, um, that was, I, they were really well done. They, they, for they, what they were. For what they were, absolutely. For what they were. But I feel like if you put all the Spider-Mans against each other, I feel like Spectacular stood up really well against the rest. Yeah. I mean, it definitely stood up well against um, Spider-Man the Animated Series. I mean, it... Spider-Man the animated series followed a lot. It, it 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 didn't have as much unique tales as much as like just re-envisioning of already existing comic book stories, which is not a fault. Um, they kind of did what they did with the X-Men. They just took existing stories and tried to fit it into its universe. Yeah. Whereas Spectacular tried, you know, obviously you have to have a certain amount of um, history to create your villains or whatever, but right. otherwise the stories they told were unique to itself. It's kind of like um, what was the one with um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, uh, oh, you mean Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. It, MTV had a computerized Spider-Man version. Yeah. Yes, I remember yeah. that one. And I actually, I finally wa- I actually watched it on Netflix. I had seen only a couple here and there on MTV. I finally watched it all on Netflix. It wasn't bad. It's just disturbing the way the characters move, the three-dimensional modeling. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of creepy the way they kind of float a bit, a little, you know, they, like they never stand still. They kind of always float from side to side or their waists move a little bit like they're trying to keep them in action. Right. But it's a really disturbing action. <laughs> it, it was called Spider-Man, the new animated series. Ah, there we go. Yeah. But I just feel like Spectacular was cut short. And um, it's one of the reasons why when, I, when a new cartoon comes out, I'm not really trusting. Oh, no. It. Yeah, my trust is blown for a lot of these things. It's like, so wait a minute. So Yu-Gi-Oh! stays on for how many seasons? <laughs> but Spider-Man, the Spectacular Spider-Man gets cut off? Yeah. Well, it's because the Japanese know how to do it. Relax. <laughs> Relax yourself, Jap boy. <laughs> That's what we got with your spectacular Spider-Man? That's what I got. That's All what right I'm sticking with. Domoregato, Mr. Robato. <laughs> MFG, do you have anything? <laughs> I, I have speechlessness. Um, <laughs> um, the story that I chose, because I said to make sure it didn't have a conclusion... I'm glaring at everybody at this table. What? Mine didn't have a conclusion. No, I know. He's glaring at me, and, and I'm looking for where I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got, you got a show. Okay, what about yours, Mike? Uh, my show is Brimstone. Brimstone? Yeah, I loved Brimstone. Brimstone. Yeah. Brimstone. Yeah, 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 I knew I'd pick something. These, and I didn't have to try hard, these, these unknowledgeable oafs that I have to sit around here with. <laughs> Look, Black Doom, relax. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ralph's 
best impersonation. These buffoons that I have to put up with in this podcast. <laughs> hey, is this a button? I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't hit the button. <laughs> so, so explain Brimstone. Okay, Brimstone, um, it's a TV show that aired on Fox because they love to cancel everything. Fuck you, Fox. Yeah, they really do. Um, I mean, just before I even get to Brimstone, I mean, just, just a quick look. Firefly. Yeah. Dollhouse. Firefly. Dollhouse. That, I mean, they just cancel everything. But anyhow, so back to Brimstone. Um, that aired from October 98 to February of 99 on Fox. It was only 13 episodes. Uh, the show starred Peter Horton as Ezekiel Stone and John Glover as the devil. I love John Glover. And Laurie Petty as Maxine. There were other characters, but those were the main three. Um, I'm also a big Laurie Petty fan. I think I'd mentioned that on another show. Um, Peter Horton, eh, you wouldn't really know him for much else. He's just one of those guys that's been in a lot of things. He was on like 30-something and... Just other stuff that you just wouldn't watch. He's, he's guest starred on a lot of things since this show. Um, John Glover has always been around. He's always excellent. For all you Smallville fans out there, he was Lionel Luthor. He was uh, Lex Luthor's father on the Smallville show, just mm-hmm. to, to get a face there. All right. Uh, Lori Petty's Tank Girl, but that's unimportant. I just love her. Anyhow, so the story initially takes Tank place. Tank Girl, go ahead. I just love it. Um, the story initially takes place in 1983, um, and uh, Zeke Stone, he was a highly decorated New York police detective. And at that time, while he's, you know, he's doing his job, whatever, his wife is brutally raped by a guy named uh, Gilbert Jacks. Um, Stone, being the great detective he is, he's able to find the guy, arrest him, and you know, gets the guy booked away. But right. for whatever reason, the charges were, were dropped. They, he was cleared of all these charges. So the guy was let back out onto the street. That seemed to break something in Zeke. He found the guy, hunted him down, and in a, in a big fight scene... Uh, he ends up killing the guy intentionally though it's not this is not one of those where the guy accidentally falls on the knife or something like that no he they, there was a bitter fight Zeke pulls out his gun and just shoots him dead and enjoys every minute of killing him um, but in that fight he was injured himself and soon after leaving the scene he dies of his injuries and in dying he goes straight to hell uh, mostly because of like I said because he killed the guy in cold blood without letting justice be done and also because he enjoyed it so he served in hell for 15 years. So what? So that just to give you an idea, that's taking place in 1998, which is when the story comes out in our time period. So the devil has brought Zeke Stone back to Earth under the condition that uh, he has to do some work for him. And what's happened is in hell, 113 of hell's most dangerous souls have escaped. And the devil is not happy about any of it. Um, he's, he's A, embarrassed, and then just not happy because he wants his souls back. So he gives Zeke an option. He goes... All right, you're a great detective. You find these guys and you bring them back to hell. And if you bring back all 113 of them, I will let your soul come back to earth so that you have a chance to live again and perhaps find redemption and maybe you'll get to heaven. If you fail, meaning that he just doesn't capture the guys and or if they kill him, when he comes back to hell, he will be damned to hell for all eternity and the devil will just find someone else to try and get his people back. So that's the premise of the story that way. Okay. Um, the cool parts of uh, the story, I thought, was that, um, well, first of all, because he's undead and so are these other souls, they're, really, you know, they're, they're inhabiting bodies again. Or shouldn't say inhabit, they're, they're not inhabiting people like they, they go into them like a possession. They're just in their forms again, you know, just in modern times now. Um, but they're all undead and they can't bleed. Like if you, they can be shot or stabbed or whatever, but they won't bleed. And then they'll heal right up after that. Um, the only things that can actually do them any true injury are things like themselves so any of the under 113 souls could injure each other and of course they can kill or injure zeke uh the way to send them back to hell is by shooting them in the eyes because the eyes as the devil says the eyes are the windows to the soul 
So you have to you have to either shoot them or pierce the eyes, and then that sets off this big like explosion of light. What happens, and then they the souls are taken back to hell. Right. Um, the only other thing that causes Zeke any kind of pain is if uh, he has these weird like tattoos on his body, and they're these kind of like they, they almost look like runes or something like that. But what they do is they're representatives of each. They're kind of like these these hellish symbols that represent each one of the 113 souls. Ah. So every time he he captures one and sends it back, it gets burned off of his body. But it causes burns him a lot. Of, yeah, ah. it burns off of his body and causes him a lot of pain. Um, More motivation if you want to capture somebody. Yeah, you know, but unfortunately, well, he wants his soul back, so I guess that's motivation enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, other cool things is that, uh, like his the things, he he only has what he died with. So we're not talking about buried with, but what he died with. So he died. He was wearing like you know his his usual kind of detective clothes, you know, a rumpled trench coat, that kind of thing. So he has all that, and he has his badge, his gun, um, those things can't be destroyed they can be pierced like you could shoot them it would make a bullet hole in his coat but then that bullet hole just suddenly wouldn't be there um his gun never needs to be reloaded because it had ammunition when he died therefore it always has ammunition in it so it's kind of a cool thing um the uh, and kind of a little funny side thing is that he had 36 dollars and 27 cents when he died so that every morning that he wakes up he has 36 dollars and 27 cents in his pocket but that's the only amount of money he ever has. I mean, like if he took the money, it, it's not like fine. he fell asleep and it would double up. <laughs> no, 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 no. He can spend it. It's not like it disappears. Like he can spend it. So he ends up having to. Um, he also can't see his wife, obviously, because he's now dead. Right. And everyone knows him to have been dead for fifteen years. He's not. I, I'm trying to think if, if it's kind of like he's not recognizable. I, I can't remember if that's the case. He that people. Yeah, I think that he's not quite recognizable. Um, but there is something that if they press the point too much, people will start to realize who he is. But otherwise, you don't recognize him right away okay. as who he is. So he can't visit his wife, he, and he tries to avoid the cops as much as possible. Um, so that's why I'm, that's where he meets Maxine, the Lori Petty character, because she's the uh, what is she? She's like the the manager of this flop house that he has to live in. The devil, if you're wondering why he doesn't just you know get the souls back himself, is that um, Danny, uh, John Glover explains that he has no real power on earth. No one does. Like if God came down here, he just none, none of them angels, whatever, have real power on earth. So the devil, he can like kind of teleport to where he needs to be, and um, he can kind of like disguise himself in like minor disguises or something like that. But really, he has no actual power. So um, part of the fun is because John Glover is just I, I, I like him as an actor, and he's he's got a really good comedic timing, and I thought that uh, Peter Horton worked well with him. But uh, as the devil, one of the things I really enjoyed was that he is the devil and you always have to remember that so the devil is what he's a guy that you know likes to do bad things and whatnot so the funny part is always having to remember that on earth he has no power to do actual evil so what he does is things like for instance like zeke would be in the shower and the devil would be like oh what are you reading he's and he'll be yelling from the shower oh the blah 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 some detective book he's like oh have you finished it no so the devil will just go and rip out the last 10 pages of the book <laughs> <laughs> um there's another one where like uh, at the end of when zeke had finally gotten somebody the devil's walking along behind him in an alley talking to him and then he pauses near this bum that's asleep in the alley so he ties his shoelaces together <laughs> when it, when it was, so the devil is just a little prankster, pretty much. He's like, "Fuck it, I can't do anything evil. Right, I'm gonna do right. something." He has to do something, and he can't help himself. Like, there's another great one when uh, he would meet. Anytime he meets Zeke in a diner, while he's waiting for Zeke, he'll go around like unscrewing all the tops off the salt and pepper containers, so that people, when they go to you know put salt on it, they'll just spill all into their food. It, he just all these little things are great. Uh, there was a time when uh, Zeke had to go on campus. And so he's, he has to interview people, and he didn't know the devil was there. Because the, the, the devil comes and tells him, like, you know, I've located where a soul is or possibly where a soul is. Here's some information. So he kind of gives him that, but at the same time, he also tries to hinder him. 
so, like, he wants him to win, but he doesn't at the same time. But anyhow, so he's on campus and Zeke is doing his business and he hears a familiar voice and he realizes it's the devil. So he looks in this other room and you see the devil in those you know, typical preppy, you know, professor kind of, you know, sweater, vest and, and the glass and stuff like that. And he's talking to this really, really hot blonde chick. And, you know, she's just like, so you really don't think I, you, you really think I should just go ahead with it? He goes, I think if you want to be a stripper and give up your life of biochemistry, there's no problem with that. Your parents should love you. So, so she leaves. She's like, thanks, Professor. No one's ever told me that before. So he leaves. And Zeke looks at him. He goes, what was that about? He goes, just leaving someone down the wrong path. <laughs> it is just, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun in the show. But anyhow, so the show only lasted 13 episodes. And, uh, you know, you finally started realizing that um, part of the reason that Zeke might be in the situation he's in is not just that he killed the guy, but that he was also kind of coerced into it. That the devil, that's kind of how the, the guy got off, is that the devil was kind of involved in that, that he wanted Zeke all along. Right. And that heaven also has a plan for Zeke, so that an angel comes down. And it's really great because Dan, uh, John Glover also is the angel in, in a couple of episodes. And the reason is because uh, Zeke is just like, well, you look just like the devil. And he goes, oh, well, once you see one of our immortal kind of beings, once you give it a face, it's the same face on everybody. So, like, if he was to see God, God would look just like John Glover. Like, it would just, because that's what he's decided that the devil looks like. Right. Um, but it, so it ends with um, Stone at one point following his wife home, and he sees that the, um, her whole neighborhood is filled with all these damn souls, and that she's dating one of them. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so this is getting heated up, and then there's no more shows after that. Yeah, it's just, it just ends. It was just, uh. it was just a lot of fun for 13 episodes, and then nothing. And what was Fox's explanation? Um, the, the ratings as a usual you know their whole like I mean after 13 episodes I'm like really half of a season <laughs> Fox is like we're Fox we don't, have to, we don't care what you think yeah, <laughs> you watch what we tell you to watch that's pretty much what they're like we that. created the Simpsons fuck you <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well think about it. they created the Simpsons which has been on for X amount of years but then they also created um, uh, Family Guy and they also had American Dad and Futurama all of those shows have been cancelled and then come back again, at least on Fox. But think about it. Fox has canceled all these shows that are also been, have also been around for years. Maybe there, needs, maybe there needs to be a channel that um, picks up all these shows that, that the other stations didn't want. I wish. I wish. And if I was that, a that's their whole mission. Like, really? They're, they're dropping that show? We're going to pick that show up. Yeah. If I was a multi-billionaire, I would just love something like that. <laughs> you know, just you just know, have like, the same writers be like, what? Okay. You're going to work for me now. Yeah. Oh, that would be the name great. of the cable channel would be called Scraps. Scraps. <laughs> Scraps TV. Other stations didn't want it. We'll take it. I like that, actually. That's a really good name. <laughs> All right, Mike. If we if you hit the lotto or Ralph, you hit the lotto, that's what we're going into. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Forget podcasting. We're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have my butler come in and fill in for me on the podcast. <laughs> Yes, I was gonna sir. try to do. I was gonna do a butler imitation, but I stopped short. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> then we would have to apologize to all the butlers in the world. Oh, <laughs> we don't want to do that. Yeah. What were we gonna say, Mike? I was about to say. I think that's all of our uh, gone too soon for this round. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, shows that were gone too soon, and hopefully, if one of us hits the lotto, we'll have a TV show or a TV station. Actually, we'll be gone too soon. <laughs> 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 on the go now with more mfg <laughs> say that again ralph now with more mfg because that knocked that knocked that right out of it yeah i did all right so you know you know what time it is yeah it's time for you to you know stop being afraid of me and my you know geeks on the go <laughs>
<laughs> I think we have a challenge. No, that's okay. Let's, okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We, 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 we don't. Oh, damn like, it. I can't even think what I was going to say. What the fuck? It's like been our a, boy. Our boy. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> challenge. Now you have to sit back down. <laughs> um, you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never make it under a minute. But we try anyway. Yeah, we try. Okay, so let's try again. Um, I have my timer out here and wow. my questions here. Wow, yeah. The cap is, he's like Mr. Tech now. I mean, he doesn't know how to use any of it, but he, he's got it surrounding him. Um, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, his tech is like on a death watch. It's just, <laughs> it's just on watching, waiting for him to go. Dude, your laptop is older than like some of my students. <laughs> and I know how to use it. <laughs> I like my students. Um, all right, so we're ready? Ready, Capitan. Okay, ready, set, and go. Who do you think has a higher body count, Deadpool or Punisher? Mike. Deadpool, even though he should have a lower readership. <laughs> Ralph? Neither. It's Rambo. Ill. <laughs> oh. How could you how could Marvel make Warren Worthington the third, also known as Angel, more kick ass? Ralph. Uh, you give him a few machine guns, maybe some grenades, some war paint or something somewhere. And then give him a cool catchphrase. God damn, Mike. <laughs> uh, make him Wolverine or, or maybe even Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> or make him not happen. Um, which title would you tell Just Stop, JLA or X-Men? Ralph. Uh, the all-new X-Men. Just send those guys back to the past and forget about it. Wow, wow. Mike. Um, JLA, which should stand for Just Leave It Alone. <laughs> <laughs> which character do you feel... Would make sense if he existed in the real world, Quicksilver or the Flash? Mike? Really? Neither. But if I have to choose, I say the Flash. That extra dimensional source of energy seems a little bit more plausible. All right, time is up. Ralph? Uh, I would have to agree. Darwin would say, you know, mutation is just inevitable. So Quicksilver, all the way. Yeah. Okay, and final question. If Santa gave you one Christmas wish to alter, eliminate, or resurrect anything in the comic book world, what would it be? Ralph? Uh, just to piss off Mike, I would uh, kill Damian Wayne and resurrect him over and over again. <laughs> Mike, that would actually bring me joy if he was being killed over and over. Um, <laughs> I would just say uh, have Bucky, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, shoot Superboy Prime with a kryptonite bullet and then shoot himself. <laughs> Murder, suicide I on an it. epic scale. Exactly. I would say um, there's a re I'm trying to think which reboot was it. Um, I just wish that we could go back to the days of. Um, oh, man. What's the name of that of that series? Eighties, um, um, Fall of the Mutants. Ah, okay. back to those times of the mutants when mutants were actually a, a, a nice idea, and there weren't five hundred million of them. Yeah, but there was enough to make it unique and fun. And if we can go back to that time, if Santa happy. can give me that wish, go for a year, have stories written in that style of writing. Yeah, well, but, sit on his lap and you know do a little twerking. He might give you whatever you want. <laughs> on that note, I think that's it for the show. <laughs> okay, so for. Um, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RTT, Ralph Tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky, and Kev, <laughs> we know you're listening. What you gonna do now, kid? Fox Sox. <laughs>